Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Up next, we've got Patrick Shaw from Rapid Funnel with revenue north of $3 million. All right, it's been a long time since I've been nervous in front of a room, but my daughter's here, and she's a tough cookie. Um, so uh, I'm just curious, how many people knew first Latka event? No, I was just curious, yeah. It's been... Um, I didn't know anything about SaaS. I came into the space, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. And how many people are like came into SaaS without any knowledge or understanding of that world, really? So just curious there too. So I go to, I'm trying to figure it all out. I build a platform for a sales team that I had and the company ended up licensing with us and started paying us a bunch of money. They tried to, um, they paid me to educate them and they were going to build it themselves. They spent a million dollars. It was a disaster. And they never left the, the field. Salespeople never left the platform we were using. So, you know, I'm like, well, this is a good, I can do this. I can build a, a business around this. So I start going to Sastra. And, you know, you get there and every person's like, well, what round are you on? And I don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, what round of what? Right? And... And you get all this advice, and I'm scratching my head, and I can't figure it out. And then I got introduced to Latka, and it's amazing to me the difference in the advice, the perspective, right? Because there's an agenda that comes with, I'm not beating all VC ups, I don't think they're all bad, but there's an, there's a, there's an agenda that comes with all that advice, and everything you read. And so this was just... You know, to, to you guys, thank you. And this community has been unbelievable. I love that quote that I think it was Emerson said, every man is my superior and that I can learn of him. And it's amazing to me that we all have our strengths and weaknesses. We all lean to those things. So I'm going to talk about things that are strengths for us. You know, I've got plenty of weaknesses and I'm coming here to try to figure out what those are. But um, what we've done, whoops. What we've done, just so you have a little bit of backstory, and I'm going to move really fast and basically talk to you about the the big things that I think we did really, really well as a company. Um, and so this is our our growth track. I just went to last year's revenues, which was 2.9 million. Our goal um, this year is just over 4 million, and we're just a little bit behind that um, target. But you know, we're having really steady growth. We're bootstrapped. I did go to a friend of mine. And I didn't, again, I knew nothing about SaaS. So I go to this private equity guy who's a friend. And I think, well, you invest in companies. You've got to be able to help me. So I go to him and I'm like, well, I'll give you 10% of the company for nothing. Now, it turns out he knew nothing about SaaS. 
right? He just invested in a lot of different kind of companies and billionaire. And he's like, well, I'll give you 300,000 for 20%, which is, you know, is a lot of equity, but I'm like, I'm clueless and I need somebody to guide me through some of this. So I'm like, okay. Now, now I will tell you in a little bit how I got a million dollars for zero equity shortly, but which was one of the important things for us. But sometimes ignorance is bliss. Like it, anyway, some of this worked out, but I, I gave them that. They provided no value, um, um, but they're still good friends. And, and so anyway, we just started building. And, and uh, so, you know, you know, our team is 70 people in nine countries, which, yes, is probably a lot of people at, at just over three million in revenue now. Um, but I'll, I'll share a little bit of that. But 70 people and completely remote. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I've been... I've worked from home my entire life, don't have any interest in having an office, right or wrong. That's how we're building it. And so it's required us to do some things differently. When we first started, we were outsourcing developers in India. We were doing a little outsourcing in the Philippines, and that didn't work at all. What did work is hiring directly and building culture. Last year, we had 3% um, turnover total, and about the same the year before. Now, that's probably, frankly, I mean, we don't count letting people go and the turnover. And, and I probably need to do a little bit more of that, frankly. You know, this idea of, anyway, that, that's my own problem. But, but we built really good culture. So just so you know what we do, in short, just in case you ever run into this kind of customer, if, if any enterprise or leader has a field-driven sales organization, we gamify prospecting and follow-up. So th through a mobile app, primarily first, right, we, we drive the lead measure. So prospecting and follow-up. If it's an outbound kind of sales team or they need people to tell the company's story, we gamify that whole process. And that's what I had. I had a huge sales or tens of thousands of people that I needed to sell basically a hybrid insurance product. And most of them were part-time. The last thing I want them doing is going and signing up for SurveyMonkey, a Weber, um, you know, email campaigns or click funnels for capture pages. So we build all of that under one umbrella. We deliver to the salesperson and they can start focusing on prospecting, if that makes sense, just so you have some context. Um, so these are the three things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about. And you guys, if you can keep the questions really short, I'm going to go fast and I can answer them really fast. So if you, you got any questions, you can stop me. But you know, the three things that were really big for us as I look back on the history of the business is one is, is building a healthy organization, a really healthy culture mattered. Uh, number two, it did, it did help a lot when you can get a million dollars, no payback, no equity, right? That, that was a, a piece for us that took some pressure off of only being able to grow by your own revenue. Um, so that was big. So I'll tell that story and, 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 and maybe you can you know, leverage it. And then um, three is just avoiding, uh, there's a few landmines in there that, that I think as, as founder, CEO, that if I can avoid those, you're allowed to make a lot of mistakes in this space. There's just a few you can't make, right? And if you can avoid those few, the truth is you can weather, you know, a lot of things. So, um, so first and foremost, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through about nine ideas, systems or processes when it comes to a healthy organization that really, really matter. And, and there, are, there are links, um, I guess, on 
Nathan's drive for every single one of these things. And I think it would save a lot of people a lot of time, like to see exactly what the spreadsheet is or what we built in that respect. Um, so one was we, we, we built this charter and house rules, spent a lot of time on it, and it's specifically geared around a remote team. Like what we found to be really important in building a remote team and be clear, and we use house rules tongue-in-cheek because our thing is freedom and responsibility. Um, and so, you know, it's a lot of contract labor essentially but you've got to get people to commit to the job and be really responsible. But the truth is, in, in my estimation, putting your thumb on them doesn't do any good because you can't see them. They're not in an office. And people are like, do you have all this tracking software? Do you know how many hours they're on their computer a day? I'm like, no, I just want them to get the job done. When it's all said and done, I don't care if somebody works 25 hours for a 40 hour work week, if they get the job done, right? And if you have a great, you know, EOS entrepreneurial operating system, and you can see what their rocks are, what their to do's are, and did they get those things accomplished? Isn't that what we really all care about? Right? So, anyway, the link is there. It's 30 some slides. And then we repurpose this in a ton of ways. We have, as I run through the slides, you'll see we have like once a month, we have an AHOD meeting, all hands on deck. And it's the first Monday of every month. And every single month we take, I have somebody on the team take some portion of this slide deck and they train on it, right? So now they got to own it. Learn knowledge, modeling knowledge, teaching knowledge. I mean, they're learning in different modalities. So, so all of these things I'll talk about, I'm always trying to repurpose them in some other way. Um, we have CCC calls and there's a spreadsheet and it's, it's really functional. It works really well, but CCC calls are culture, collaboration, and communication. Every single person on the team has to book one a month, which means somebody else books with them as well. So they're on two calls a month, they're 30 minutes each. And they're connecting with somebody else on the team. And then we tell them, you know, and a lot of times they completely go off script, but we give them an outline. If they're new to the company or they don't know what to talk about, there's an outline there to say, hey, here are things that you can talk about. And when you're completely remote, right, the thing you don't have in a remote team is you don't have a water cooler. And I read, I read once that the, I just got a nod, a nod off from my daughter, like, what, what you know, what, what's it called? <laughs> What's it called? Uh, I, I gave her one run through. What is it called? Okay, well, you know what I mean? Like one of those, you know, where you get what, whatever, right? So, so um, prox the number one law of collaboration is proximity, right? I read that once and it's so true. Like we tend to collaborate with people that we're around. But in a remote team, you don't have that. So how are you gonna make up for those things? And that's the thing that struck me. And, it, and it, right, we leaned to our strengths. So I had built massive teams in my previous business. I was really good at building culture and relationships. So that's a strength, but I got plenty of weaknesses I'm trying to figure out, but, but you don't have proximity. So what do you do about it? Well, you gotta drive it, you gotta create it through trips together, through things like 
CCC calls, right? So, and it's been, it's been powerful. I mean, we've been doing this for more than three years. And the relationships that get built across departments and people start chatting about stuff and common hobbies and all those things, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, that's a slide I did not put in. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, um, anybody use traction in here? Dude, it's so powerful. I mean, I really don't know how we would have built the business. So I'm reading all this stuff about gazelles and, you know, different methodologies and 4DX and, you know, all the SaaS principles um, out of the valley and all that about how to build a SaaS business. And I've got all these different sheets that I'm trying to build culture and create processes and systems. And then a buddy gives me Gino Wickman's book, Traction, and I read it and it simplified all of it. And then I'm thinking about paying consultants in that space. And then and none of these consultants mention that there's a couple vendors out there. We use one that I don't particularly love, but it's too difficult. It's too much pain to switch. I hear the other one maybe is better, but it's a cloud-based software platform. And it's five bucks a month is what I pay in every single weekly meeting of every division in the company. So the grow team, the launch team, the sales team, the support team, they all work out of traction. So there's a segue, IDS, ideas, discussion, solution, their rocks get created. So it's really powerful. But one of the functions in traction is they have this concept of rocks. And I think we took it a step further, but it's been so incredibly powerful in the beginning, each division leader would come up with rocks for people on the team. And the rock is a goal for that quarter, right? Pretty simple, really. And then there's milestones under the goal, and then there's to-dos. But, and I think we misinterpreted it, and it was one of the, you know, blissful things that come out of some misunderstanding of how rocks were supposed to be. But long story short, what ended up happening is it, become, it became unmanageable for the leaders to give everybody rocks because it became too much of a workload every quarter. And so I got to a point where I'm just saying like, look, I want you to take five to maybe 15% of your time. I want you to come up with one good idea, one thing that you can do based on our company goals or whatever it may be that you can execute on that's going to help us improve as a company, Right? And I went so far as to say, I don't care if it's improve your relationship. Now in traction, you have to, you have to read that rock, say what you need help with and in the progress you made last week. And you do it every single week. You following me? So I'm telling them, I don't care if it's your, if your relationship's a disaster and it's affecting your ability to work from home, then, then fix it. And that'll actually benefit the company. Now, most of the time, they tend to come up with some idea that is more direct to our bottom line. But it is amazing to me, when you get 70 people and you get a rock every quarter, right? You go do the math on that over, over a period of a year, and a third of them aren't that great, right? A third of them are like, huh? And a third are like, okay, I, I kind of get it, that made sense. And a third of them are unbelievable. Right, you take 70 people times four, 280, 280 rocks, and you take a third of those. And the other thing it did is it told you, it tells us who the superstars are. 
And I have to remind the executive team all the time, like don't get fixated on being control freaks over their rock. Part of it is you're figuring out who the superstars are on the team. You're figuring who rises up and takes some ownership and executed on the thing that they committed to. Does that make sense? Any questions on it? It's been, it's been really, really powerful though. Again, like generally 10% of people's time, every, every once in a while somebody comes up with a rock and it's gonna take like half of all their time, right? So, um, and that's okay. There's a lot of flexibility in it, but there's structure too. Um, rapid shares was, was really important. And then I've got ideas. Darn it, it's not Brenda, it's Bridget. Darn it, Bridget. But Bridget, like I was super helpful talking about like her talk on profit. I mean, we've got to, we've got to focus more on profit. We focus on growth. And so I spend all the money all the time, right? Instead of focusing on, on profit, but we're going to, so we're going to adjust this a little bit, but we have an intranet and in the back of the intranet, they can go in and their rapid shares, which are vested and non-vested, the rapid shares are 50% based on the company's growth and 50% based on their commitment to the quarterly rock, not the execution or completing the rock on writing a proper rock. And in the link, you'll see under rocks, there are eight criteria for writing a proper rock. And the last step is you have to get the sign off of the executive. That's it. And then they read it every week. We never have to worry about execution because they're verbally committing every single week over the quarter to here's my rock, here are the milestones, here's what I commit to. And then rapid shares are tied to it, which is literally a, it's just a bonus program, but it's literally tied to the value of a share and they know it because they can see the growth of the company. They know how many outstanding shares they are. We multiply that number by two and we, 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 um, we divide by the, by the outstanding shares and they know. So every share is like right now we're seven bucks. And you know, depending on where they are in the world and what they're doing, they, they, they receive shares. So anyway, that's an explanation of it. Yeah. Shares are impossible really for us, true equity, because we're in nine countries. I don't even know how it would begin, like real equity. So they trust the company anyway, and we pool it and we escrow money to make sure we can, they can cash out. So twice a year, anytime they need to cash out of shares that are vested, they can do that anytime and they see how it's growing. Now, they don't like to cash out because the company's growing at least 30% a year. You know, so they look at that and they're like, well, I don't really want to cash out and I completely trust the company. Again, culture matters, right? So anyway, we have newsletters, which is a real once a month. The newsletter comes out birthdays, holidays. I mean, uh, birthdays, babies, weddings, all that kind of stuff. Rapid start. So lots of recognition built into the monthly newsletter, um, that kind of thing. Yes. No, no, we just called it bamboo because I love the concept of the bamboo and all that. But I can look at it if it's a good idea. <laughs> um, but, um, but anyway, so, so that's big. Um, th th I won't spend any time here except that we've spent an enormous of time creating this yearly review. And look, if any of you go, hey, you could do better on that. I mean, come up to me afterwards. I love to learn if there's something better. But we, we spent an enormous amount of time 
creating this rapid road review so people not only recognition what are your objectives your appraisal of your work people want to know where they stand the, the greatest reward in life is living up to the expectation we have of ourselves but a lot of people don't even know what the expectation is for themselves because they haven't talked to leadership they haven't set any clear goals it's important to figure out where do you want to go and how far along this path are you right and so this has been a really powerful tool and there's all kind of rating in there um ratings in there um, of course we have you know rapid vision when you don't have offices to pay for and all that there's a lot you can do around those retreats and most of like you know covid messed a lot of that up but otherwise we'd be in the philippines once or twice a year in india and doing really fun stuff where 60 percent of it is culture building you know um invest in hiring better um i learned something incredible from andre and i do these group meetings now and there's a link in there that shows one of the recordings but um andre who's just on the other stage it was it was awesome um and then there's a there's a doc in there about you know how we go about this interviewing process and i do do the last interview of every single employee and i and i can't imagine not doing that at least for a while uh raising capital i'll just tell you i have one minute so raising capital is we i went back to the group and i basically told my friend tom i'm like look your valuation's about six million and, and I said it very politely and thoughtfully and all that, but yeah, y'all haven't done squat for this, for this group. That Yen done squat $6 million. If you invest a million dollars, I'm not gonna give you any equity, then, then here's how we're gonna grow the company. He's like, Patrick, that's not how private equity works. And I was like, yeah, nobody offers you 10% for nothing either. Like nobody does that in private equity either, right? And I made a really compelling argument, put a whole slide deck together, and they literally gave us a million dollars that's sitting in the bank and we're using it to obviously to grow the company, which is cool. And I think it has a lot to do with the culture. So I put the actual addendum in there and all that kind of stuff, um, which is a pretty unique thing you probably won't hear. And then, and then the last thing I'll just tell you is, you know, your, your job as CEO, there were two books that I've read recently that had a real profound impact. And one was the four obsessions of an extraordinary executive. And it really documented why a healthy organization is so important. And I don't think we, you know, we, we do focus on spreadsheets and all those things in the business, but I'm telling you, if the organization's healthy, you don't spend so much time with problems and culture conflict and, and compensation problems. It just, I can't imagine doing it another way. It makes it fun to build. And I think we're all here to build something that's fun. And then the, the other book was Who and Not How and um, by um, Dan Sullivan and so off, try to solve a problem with how instead of just like who like what is it i'm trying to solve why is it important educate the who on the why and the what and then let them go figure out the how you can be there to consult them but don't micromanage the thing like go put good people in good seats and let them go fail forward so that's it thank you guys yep.